McCarthy is axed yesterday. Speaker of the House of Representatives McCarthy is axed about. He's asked about Zelensky. There is a rattling of um, uh, interest-bearing <laughs> interest loan promoter types. There is their interest in having Zelensky address a joint session of Congress. And it sounds to me like McCarthy's like, that's not going to happen. Is Zelensky elected to Congress? Is he our president? I don't think I have to commit anything. I have questions for him. Where's the accountability and the money we already spent? What is the plan for victory? I think that's what the American public wants to know. Look, what Russia has done in is wrong. It's an atrocity, and we want to make sure that ends. I also have always said from the beginning, no matter what the issue is, I want accountability for whatever the hardworking taxpayers spend their money on, and I want, on, and I want a plan for victory. Um, I just have to tell you, I cannot stand this terminology. Taxpayer, your, your, your hard-earned taxpayer funds. I am not a taxpayer. You are not a taxpayer. I am a citizen, damn it. I am a citizen. I feel like John Merrick, the elephant man in the movie The Elephant Man. I am not an enemy. So brilliantly played by da uh, English actor John Hurt. Well, I'm an elephant man too, and so are you. I am not a taxpayer. Stop referring to me by how much you bilk out of me every year. Start referring to me as a citizen. Here, I have an idea. Why don't we just ask our members of the House of Representatives and our state legislatures and city councils to start referring to, to us as fellow human beings. How about that? Let's start let's start simple here. Why don't you start referring to everyone that you claim to rule over, or claim to have some authority to pass law on our behalf over, as uh, the recipient of the golden rule? Hmm? Or what Brother Andre just said. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're not going to spend hard-earned money of our neighbors... We're not going to spend the hard-earned money of our neighbors. Doesn't that sound better than the than the ubiquitous, the, the just the callous? This is hard-working taxpayer fund. I don't want to. I don't want you to have my damn funds. I don't want to be referred to as a taxpayer, and I don't want you to have any of my money. And I certainly don't want you to spend any of it. And I double ticket probe, dude, probation don't want you to send any of it. To people fighting wars in, in countries that most people can't point to on a map. So stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Zip, zip it. Zippy long stocking. Zip it. Zip it real good. Stop it. It just, it, 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 it. So, so far in the, uh, in the, the uh, probe, what he, we have heard thus far uh, in the interrogation of Merrick Garland. What we have heard thus far is, I'm not going to answer the question. Vice has all the authority. I made, I made like, pinky promises and stuff to, like, the Senate and stuff. 
You guys obviously don't know that when you make like a promise to the Senate and stuff, you know, you have to like stand by you like your word and stuff. You have to stand by like your word and stuff. Oh, really? What? So, uh, nothing is going to become of this. And as I have said, if you want to get to the bottom of any of this, leave Hunter Biden out of it. This is the circus sideshow. Should he be held accountable for the laws he broke that you and I would be held accountable for? Yes. Should the Biden crime family ultimately be prosecuted by someone in the United States for what they did to sell the services of the vice president of the United States? And prior to that, look, this is the thing that no one's talking about. Biden didn't just sell his services when he was Veep. He's still selling them, and he was selling them when he was a member of the United States Senate. So, as you can tell, I have very little tolerance for uh, uh, almost all of this. Uh, but you want to hear? Oh, you you want to hear Fetterman? <laughs> you know, we had to run Biden through the King Dude's Universal Translator device earlier today to decipher what Biden said, or at least part of what Biden said to the UN yesterday. Well, Fetterman was out in his jogging shorts and a hoodie in Mordor yesterday, and someone stopped him and shoved a microphone under his, uh, under his chin and asked him a question about, what was the question about? I don't even know. Workers, the strike. Okay, it was about the. Oh, I know. Okay, it was about the UAW strike, yes. and it was about. Well, what, what, what is Congress going to do to get the UAW back and working? What are we going to do about building cars? What are we going to do about this? What, what, what do you plan to do, Senator Fetterman? And in response to what to do to resolve the dispute between the United Auto Workers and the Big Three, Count Slobula, Count Slobula said this. My message to the, the, CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, at $74 million, you know, collectively earning that, you know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to, to, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, I don't know. My message <laughs> there has to be more to that. I want the, I want, <laughs> I want the album version of that cut. I want it to go on for a couple of minutes where I can hear. <laughs> he sounds very, very courage, the cowardly doggy. Doesn't he? <laughs> I bet if we played them back to back, people would have a hard time determining. I love the part about the. <laughs> Water ski behind. First of all, people don't water ski behind yachts. They don't go fast enough. Now, maybe someone has a yacht they could get up to ramming speed and can go fast enough to get a skier up on, uh, on one ski. Have you ever tried to get up on one ski? You need a very powerful, fast boat. 
to get up on get up on two skis a little easier, but to get up uh, on top of the water, playing on top of the water on one ski, you need to go from zero to like twenty and <laughs> zero to ten and a half a second, zero to twenty and one second. Because if you don't, you just sink. Yachts don't go that fast, so I don't know what yachts pulling a water skier behind. <laughs> What else do we have in here? I think we did all the rest of the uh, digital media files because I don't want to hear any more. Well, there is this one. You didn't play digital media file number four, which is Biden rambling on about uh, about climate change and then about uh, throwing another $25 billion that the United States Congress doesn't have and giving it away to the World Bank. But that, that will save all of us from all of us. Under the new president of the World Bank, change is already taking root. <laughs> Last month, I asked the United States Congress for additional funds to expand World Bank financing by $25 billion. And the G20, we rallied the major economies of the world to mobilize even more funding. Collectively, we can deliver a transformational boost to World Bank lending. World Bank. World Bank, so more debt with the United States as the financier. He's going to, the White House is going to also announce another significant, in quotes, that's from the White House, significant package to Ukraine. And again, why Congress has not moved to stop this. The regime leader does not have unilateral unilateral authority to spend. You would never know it, though, to listen to what this cracker does. And he is a cracker. Uh, I'm going to run out of time, so I want to uh, do some uh, lightning round stuff. Will the last steel worker please turn out the light? What's George Carlin say? Can't uh, make a decent VCR worth a blank anymore. Can't get education to our young people. Can't get health care to our old people. But we can bomb the out of your country, all right, huh? We can bomb the out of your country, all right? <laughs> we seem to be able to make the steel to make munitions with. Or maybe we're buying that in rolls from the Japanese. The first steel plant located here along the Monongahela River, just over 20 miles south of Pittsburgh, was built in 1901. By, by the by, how were we making steel things, or iron things more specifically? Because ultimately, iron is steel. And steel is, rather, steel comes from iron. You add carbon, which is supposed to be illegal in this country now, reducing carbon footprints and what have you. You add carbon to iron ore. Now again, I'm not a I'm not a forge guy. I'm just repeating what I have heard. I don't know the formulas. I don't know exactly how it's done, but I do know that if you put water on crops, they grow. And I also know that if you add carbon to iron ore, you'll get steel. And if you add enough carbon to iron ore, you'll get stainless steel. 
Now again, that's what was been. That's what I have read somewhere. Before the local pettifoggers four seven six springs into action. <clears throat> so they started the first steel mill south of the uh, Pittsburgh on the Monongahela River in 1901. By 1903, the borough of Clareton formed around the industry. And by 1904, U.S. Steel acquired the plant from St. Clair Steel. And the industrial base of America began its reign here in western Pennsylvania. U.S. Steel had been founded in 1901 by Andrew Carnegie, Charles Schwab, Elbert Gary, and J.P. Morgan, uh, John Pierpont Morgan. And when it was launched that year, it was the largest business enterprise of its time. And by the end of its first year, the company supplied nearly 70% of all steel produced in the United States. Headquartered in Pittsburgh, where Carnegie made his mark in the industry after the War of Northern Aggression, Clareton and dozens of other small river towns, such as Braddock, uh, Braddock, Pennsylvania, grew in experience or, or grew and expanded and became thriving cities thanks to U.S. Steel. With dozens of churches, businesses, uh, business districts, schools, and fraternal clubs all popping up to serve the workers who settled around the plants. The industry boomed for the next 40 years throughout World War II and in the growth years after the war when the GIs came home and moved out of the cities and into the cutest, uh, the cutest little bedroom communities in the suburbs. This is written by Selena Zito, by the way, at AM Greatness. Despite the slow decline steel was experienced in the early 1960s, U.S. Steel broke ground for its own building in the city of Pittsburgh, originally designed to be the tallest building in the country, eclipsing both the Sears Tower in Chicago and the Empire State Building. Its other structure, which looks like a rusty nail, was immediately iconic, and the U.S. Steel moniker on the top floor served as a proud advertisement for the steel industry which had its center in Pittsburgh. It continues to be the tallest building in Appalachia. Except that the name uh, on the top now reads UPMC, which earned its name at the top of the building in March of 2008 when it made the U.S. Steel Tower its corporate headquarters. UPMC, whatever that is. The name change exemplified the decline of the industry that began on Black Monday in 1977 when the Campbell Works in Youngstown, Ohio suddenly shut its doors. Now, one of the things behind the decline of steel is not just that we stopped making things. It's that the things that were made out of steel, lots of things, were being made out of plastic. Yep. So instead of mining ore and then turning it into steel, we started mining uh, coke or, or uh, refining what is called coke out of Petroleum, with the byproduct or the byproduct of the refining being diesel, kerosene, gasoline, etc. So when you're done with that process, and again, I'm not a chemical engineer, I don't know the exact process, but I do know that if you refine it enough, you will get this crap called coke, and that you can then take the coke and turn it into all manner of plastics. Uh, and, 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 and by uh, by 1983, 
Pittsburgh's unemployment rate hit a whopping 18.2% as rounds of layoff among thousands of steel workers became a reality and as domestic steel production crippled by automation, trade, union strife, inattention to emerging technology and poor corporate leadership collapsed along with all the of the industries that supported it. The, uh, so in other words, there was a lot of human error that was involved here too. Those uh, combined circumstances created a deadly domino effect that intensified as U.S. Steel entered joint ventures with foreign partners and non-steel corporations in order to continue a profitable bottom line. Now, what if they had just downsized, reorganized, got their stuff straight, and started going back to the practice of forging iron ore into steel in smaller, best-made-in-the-world batches? And then maybe even build some smaller satellite steel mills, if you will, where they could do the same thing. You see, getting out of scale always has a consequence. Everything has an expiration date, says Stella Selena Zito. U.S. Steel had a good, uh, albeit bumpy, 122-year run here in this region. It lifted up the working class so much that their children went to college on their wages. Humble hunting camps were built, and so were new schools and churches. Machine shops, beauty salons, diners, uh, hotels, hardware stores, dress shops, and communities thrived. All thanks to the hard work and innovation that came from the men and women who worked in the mills here. That's her conclusion. The mills may go on, but it is likely they won't be under the United U.S. Steel banner. And while they haven't been locally owned for over 100 years, U.S. Steel was Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was U.S. Steel long after the glory days had passed. So much so, indeed, that generations of young people who have never walked into a mill continue to identify with the idea that when you did walk into that mill, you were part of something that was bigger than yourself. You are part of the building of America. By the way, those of you that are Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you know this uh, better than I, but the Pittsburgh Steelers logo is basically the U.S. Steel logo with Steelers in it instead of U.S. Steel. I might have changed the color combination, too. Uh, inflation has hit Morrigan's wallets. I talked about this earlier. This is at thefederalist.com. American households are losing money. The most telling numbers in the reports uh, recently out by the Census Bureau, the Census, the Census, come in, uh, he, he says what table they come in, uh, in an income study. One column of that table lists household median income for a given year. The numbers since the pandemic Illustrate how American families have lost ground. 2019, average American family made $78,250. 2020, $76,660. 2021, $76,330. 2022, $74,580. That is $3,670 below 2019. To put it another way, Last year, the median American uh, household income made $3,670 less than it did bef uh, uh, before the corona doom. Remember what, I, what, what did your kind, humble, 
charitable hosts tell you every single day of what was really going on during the corona hoax. A transfer of wealth. Well, where did it go? Yeah, where did it go? Good question, hair lip dude. Where did it go? Well, I can tell you where it didn't go. It didn't go here to the Crusade Channel. And it didn't go to many of the small business, middle class, moderately successful entrepreneurial types that I know. So where did it go? Well, some of that's inflation. Some of that you can blame it on Biden inflation uh, and on the printing of money and on the dilution of currency. Uh, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it. So where did it go? It went into the pockets of corporations that automated, just like we were talking about with U.S. Steel, that automated, built bigger plants, hired fewer people, and gave no pay increases. But you certainly got a pay cut every time you read or you heard on the Mike Churchill on the Crusade Channel about Biden inflation going through the roof. And about this month being 8% over the last month, you lost that 8%. Now, I don't know anyone uh, that has been boasting and bragging and telling me that they have been giving or have been getting pay raises. Hey, boss, you think you can spare a couple more duckies? You know, we haven't had a pay raise since, like, before the corona doom. Sorry, Smithers, there's no more money to go around. He's probably telling the truth. 